0: Your word. Holy Spirit,
1: Lord Jesus, that is our desire, Lord, for the Holy Spirit to fill this place, to fill every heart, to fill every vessel, Lord, to overflowing. God, we just ask that you would come this evening and speak to us, Lord. Just open your word to us, Father. Just help us in this time that we're living in, the difficulties we're facing, Lord. God, we just need you even more than ever, Father. And we want to be with you more than ever. Lord, we commit this service to you, Father, for your glory and for your honor. Lord, may the word strike the mark, we pray. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn back to the scripture, 2 Corinthians 10, in verse 4. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I'd like to speak to you again on casting down imaginations, but to focus in on the stronghold of unbelief. Stronghold of unbelief. 2 Corinthians 10, in verse 4, says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ amen we we'll let you be seated amen stronghold of unbelief unbelief is the lack of rich religious beliefs or the absence of faith, the absence of faith. You know, in Hebrews 11 would tell us without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. First, you got to believe that there is a God. Amen. And then when you come to him, that not only is he God, but he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. And I I believe that the keynote of the scriptures or to accept anything from God is faith. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. You know, we're living in a world that's, as we're going to get into this, is getting further and further away from God. Their thoughts are getting further and further away from God. Their mind is on evil, as the Bible would say, on evil continually. But there has to be a people here that still has faith, as we heard Sunday. Amen. You know, I I, I just want to emphasize something here as we get started. We've been speaking about strongholds. But these strongholds are not here to overcome you. These strongholds are here for you to tear them down. And this is what we're reading in our scripture. we're, we're, We're weapons that we're fighting with are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So the scripture is already showing us that those strongholds that we're speaking about must come down and will come down. And they will come down by faith. Amen. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. The whole world, as we... We know it today was made by faith. Things were shaped into existence by faith. God spoke the word and said, let there be light. And there was light. And then he brought the land forth and he dried it out and he brought trees and birds and all the wildlife that we have today. Amen. By faith that was all done by act of faith of God. The whole world is made by faith. Amen. We believe in creation by faith. Amen. For that matter, people believe in evolution by faith. Amen. There has to seem to me more faith to believe in evolution than it would to be and believe in believing a God who can say, let there be. But many, many, you know, many of us are even operating that way in, us, in our subconscious, amen, by faith, not even realizing, you know, you say, well, I, I'm going to go do this tomorrow, or I'm going to go home tonight and I'm going to do a certain thing. And, or I, you know, I told your boss you're going to do something tomorrow. What would you do? You was doing that by faith. Amen. You know you know, we don't know how what time will be. We may be in eternity by eleven o'clock tonight, praise the Lord. But everything that we do is really by faith. You have to believe, amen, you have to believe that you're going to do something for it to be accomplished in your life, amen. Faith, he that cometh to God must believe that he is. It is impossible to please him without faith. You cannot please God. And if you say you believe God, you say, well, I've never seen him, see, so then you've got to believe it by faith, amen. God is not believed by see, taste, smell, or feel or hair, He, he is believed by faith, Anything that the census declares is no more faith it's it's maybe a scientific fact or a, a human fact or our or, or, or t- taste or feel fact but I mean God is not declared by those things he's only declared by faith and you have to accept him by faith. And he that cometh to God must believe that God and faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You must first believe that you've heard God's word and you must come to God by the word. You take the word and say, that's right. That's all there is to it. I'm not taking anything else. Everything else is contrary to the word. I'm not going to believe. Amen. But I'm going to believe what God said. And Abraham, you know, had to believe just what that voice told him to believe. Amen. He had to believe that. When he was 100 years old, 25 years later, he was stronger believing. He was 25 years along in the promise, but he was stronger in the faith. Amen. Giving praise to God, knowing the God who said it at the beginning, no no matter how long that it takes to come to pass, he will bring it to pass. And I believe there's a people in this age that has has heard the voice of the living God speak to them, and they know that whatever he said, he's going to bring it to pass. Circumstances has no bearing on God. Amen. But there's going to be a people holding on as we heard Sunday. Amen. But unbelief is the root of sin. Amen. People do things they do, whether it be smoking or drinking or or adulteries or anything that we would classify as sin. They do it because of unbelief. Amen, if they believed God or believed his principles or believed the word of God and the, and the and the judgment that would come from doing those things, they wouldn't do that if they believed the word of God. But because of unbelief, because Satan has sprayed some unbelief in their life somewhere, they would go commit these acts. Why? They don't believe God's word. They don't believe there's a judgment. They don't believe there's a fulfillment of his word. And unbelief has now entered many t- over and over into the hearts of men. And we see it, we know where unbelief from. From it came and entered into the heart at the fall, amen. When Eve was reasoning and, 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 and with the serpent, and unbelief came into her life. Now, as Brother Brandon would teach us, he said, Sin is unbelief. For the first sin was committed by Eve because she disbelieved God's word. Now, the act that followed was only because of unbelief, amen. The act, you know, was not the sin, the sin was disbelieving God's word. Amen. So, because she disbelieved God's word, the whole thing tonight and the chaos that we're living in caused by one person disbelieving God's word. Amen. See, sin, he says, there's only one sin that's unbelief. A man that drinks isn't a sin. That's not the sin. It isn't sin. It isn't a sin to drink. Wow. It isn't a sin to commit adultery, to lie, steal. That isn't sin. That's the attributes of unbelief. Unbelief is a sin. If you was a believer, you wouldn't do that. Hallelujah. There's only two. You're either an unbeliever or a believer. I know people don't want to say, "Well, I want to do my own thing, and I'm just going to be my. I'm not going to serve God. You're going to serve one or the other." There's two forces in this world, there's God or Satan, very simple, you're gonna either serve one or the other. Amen, you can't serve both, amen. So you're gonna either be an unbeliever or a believer, one or the other. You don't do these things and religious things that you do just because you're an unbeliever, you do it because you're a believer in the word of God, because Christ is the word and you believe his word. You're just an unbeliever because you, maybe and so you're just an unbeliever because that you believe some tradition or some dogma that's been added to the Bible or something like denomination, but a real believer always stays with the word. Amen. Stays with the word. He, say, he says in another place, he says, unbelief is as old as Eden. That's where that was born at in Eden. Unbelief is to doubt what God said. Amen. To doubt what God said. And that can go for any promise that's laying here in the Bible. To doubt that he has the power to fulfill a promise is unbelief. To doubt that he cannot no longer heal the sick, that's unbelief. To doubt that he can no longer save or he can no longer do the things that God does, that's unbelief amen and this is where sin comes from and then attributes of sin comes from it comes from unbelief when she said God said what was it Satan began to spray his unbelief in there and begin to twist it a little bit and take it only apart but to vary, vary one little bit from God's word brings you into unbelief and we should say, you know, and if we should have any revelation should be presented to us that's contrary to the written word, we should never receive it. It has to come from the word. And that's why I'm thankful we're we're, we're living in a message or, or believe in a message that, that we can always take back to the Bible. Because the Bible is God's written word. And, and if there's anything that you believe that's in the message that's not in the word of God, that's not the message. But the message is Christ, amen. The message is his word. And his word will always always, amen, and go back to what it says there in the scripture and you can find it. But Satan, since the fall, has begun to spray more and more of his unbelief, trying to get people to disbelieve because he knows if he can get them to disbelieve what God said, they will miss what God is doing. Amen. If he can get them to miss what God, or or to to, to not believe what God has spoken. Amen. What happened to Esau? He traded the birthright for spottage because of unbelief. Amen. Lot went to Sodom because of unbelief. Dathan and Korah stood against Moses because of unbelief. The 10 spies refused to go in because of unbelief. The children of Israel agreed with the ten spies and went back into the wilderness. Why? Because of unbelief. It wasn't that truth wasn't there. Amen. Truth was always there, but it's whether you will believe truth or not. Amen. They were. Amen. They were. Israel was given over to other nations because of unbelief. They didn't possess all the promised land. Why? Because of unbelief. Amen. They hid in their tents and wouldn't take Goliath's challenge. Why? Because of unbelief. Unbelief took control of them to the point, amen, as he began to spray it out more and more into the Israel, into their lives. I mean, my goodness. You can hear God would say, I am the Lord God. You shall have no other gods before me. And it wasn't too long because of unbelief, they began to build high places and, and groves and sacrifice to other gods and bring other gods. Why? Because of unbelief. Because if they had really believed him, they wouldn't have done those things. Amen. The world that we're in is in the chaos because of unbelief. Amen. We see Israel's, if you could watch them all down through the scriptures of the Old Testament, they come even to the point of the scriptures being fulfilled in a body called Jesus, the Messiah, off of paper into flesh right before their very eyes. And they missed him because he got them to disbelieve the word. And it came a different way. You know, the world that we're living in is very dangerous and very vile and very wicked. And it's that way because of unbelief. You know, we're smarter than we've ever been since the flood of no- the time of Noah, but further away from God. So if it smarts is getting us somewhere, I don't like where we're going. Amen. Amen. We've been, we're more scientific, we have more scientific advancements, but further away from God. What Satan is doing a good job of spraying his poison of unbelief and is turning this world into complete chaos, into complete darkness, into complete amen, uh, just utter, utter violence and everything that's going on. You know, Brother Brandon would tell a story about a man that was in a war and, and uh, he'd been a chaplain and, and, and he'd he, you know, been working on some guys and he, he, he went outside and the chaplain said an officer come to him and said chaplain I want you to take a ride for me to go look at the fields I have some things I need to check out and see if we can use again and he said they had thrown out this mustard or chlorine gas as they did in them days and he said I got there brother Branham there wasn't a bark left on the tree there wasn't a sprig of grass there wasn't there wasn't nothing on it uh, here it was Easter morning there was nothing but old wrecked tanks and 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 just nothing but destruction and I see myself looking up and i I said, oh God, this is the way it's all coming to. It's all coming to this place. It'll all be burned up. There'll be no life nowhere. Grass burn off, trees burn up, gases killed, trees, everything was killed, twisted up, metals and hanging where bullets and things have ridden. He said, if that isn't a picture of the world today where Satan is spraying his unbelief, his high breeding, his science, his knowledge—until it's come from a Garden of Eden into a Satan's Eden, into a complete chaos, into a war zone. That's what's left of this world: chaos. It's complete, total rejection of anything holy or anything righteous or anything godly. They don't want God in their jobs. They don't want God in their schools. They want God in their lives. They don't want God anywhere. They want to just go around their life and just act like there isn't even a God. He said, I started crying and I walked back. He said, but I was attracted to a rock. And I went over and looked at that rock and pushed it over and down underneath that rock was this little most beautiful white flower growing. It was the only, seemed like living thing left because he had been sheltered by a rock. He said, God is my rock. He's my shelter in this time of poisonings that are flying everywhere in the name of science and education and godliness. He said, oh God, keep me in that day. Shelter me in the rock. I was looking at this as I began to look at unbelief, and I actually found this interesting article written in the National Geographic magazine in April 22nd of 2016, so almost uh, what, five years ago. It says the headlines was the world's newest major religion. No religion. He said, and it's beginning to speak, and I read some of this. It says, you usually don't think of churches as going out of business, but it's happening. And it's even progressively gotten worse, as we know. We've come a long ways in just four years, or five, whatever it is. In March, it talks about a certain church that held their last collective service. He said, you know, it was actually the UK Mennonites. He said it, it said it might be easily predicted that the plain-dressed Anabaptists who follow a faith related to Amish would become irrelevant in the age of smartphones. But this is part of a larger trend. Around the world, when asked about their feelings on religion, more and more people are responding with a meh. I think that's why we got to be real careful what our response is. Amen, towards the things of God. It's more than meh. It's life. Amen, the religiously unaffiliated called nuns. (laughs) That's an interesting name, but it's not N-U-N. It's N-O-N-E-S, nuns, are growing significantly. They're actually, this is in 2016, they're the second largest religious group in North America and most of Europe. In the United States, nuns makes up a quarter of the population. In the past decade, U.S. nuns have overtaken Catholic mainline Protestants and all followers of non-Christian faith. The lack of religious affiliation has profound effect on how people think about death, how they teach their kids, and even how they vote. There have long been predictions that religion would fade from revelancy as the world modernizes. Notice, as the world modernizes. But all the recent surveys are finding that it's happening startlingly fast. France will have a majority secular population soon. So will Netherlands and New Zealand. United Kingdom and Australia will soon lose Christian majorities. Religion is rapidly becoming less important than it's ever been. Even to people who live in countries where faith has affected everything from rulers to borders to architect. And we have a new group, it's called Millennials. Anybody heard of Millennials? Millennials to God, no thanks. If the world is at a religious precipice or a cliff, then we have been moving slowly toward it for decades. 50 years ago, Time magazine had a headline. You can go look it up, It just did. Asking a famous headline on the front cover Is God dead? Now that's quite interesting that the year after the prophet leaves the scene, April uh, 1966, this, this magazine would come out. Is God dead? The magazine wondered whether religion was relevant to modern life in a post-atomic age when communism was spreading and science was explaining more about our natural world than ever before. This is not a Christian article. This is is a, a secular article. This is what they're saying. We're still asking the same question. But the response isn't limited to yes or no. A chunk of the population born after the article was printed may respond with a provocative question with God who? So is God dead, God who? In Europe and North, this is where unbelief has taken us. America started out on some beliefs. On beliefs of a God and religious freedoms and things, but unbelief began to come in. Amen, you can see it in churches when a revival will happen. they will turn them back to God, but, and then they'll, they'll straighten up their dress. They'll straighten up their act, their talk, their ways, and things will begin to happen. But all of a sudden, unbelief will begin to step in. And before you know it, they're so far away from what they used to be. Amen, we, we, know, we know that to be the truth. We was right over there in, in Texas camp. there having our family camp. And that man at that Nazarene camp come to our services. And he said, we used to have services like this. That's why we don't want to get to where our services is just a meh to us. Just a common thing. Or a, the moving of the Holy Ghost is something common. It ought to be something that stirs our heart. Amen. It ought to be something that grips us and say, "Hey, I have a privilege out of all the people on the earth to be in the presence of the King." Amen. Or well, before you know it, your life will get to God. Who? In Europe and North America, the unaffiliated tend to be several years younger than the population average, and this is this is in 1970. Listen, eleven percent of Americans born after 1970 were raised in secular homes. There's no telling what the percentage is now. Now now notice where they pointed to. This is their their article. Scientific advancement isn't just making people question God. It's also connecting those to to who question. It's also connecting those who question. It's not just making them question God. This advancement has also connected people to other, you know, to have sympathy one with the other. Right. Right. It is easy to find atheists and agnostic groups, you know, even if you come from a religious family or community. And anyone who wants companionship that might otherwise come from a church can attend a secular Sunday assembly or, or a, pl- pl- a plethora of meetups for humanists, atheists, agnostics, or skeptics. It, they're everywhere. He said, but it's, you know, they do make, make this, I thought it was quite humorous. He said, it's not easy to unite people around not believing in something. He said, organizing atheists is like herding cats. This is theirs. Their, but lots of cats have found their way to the meowry. And then it goes on, the privilege of not believing. Can you believe it? The privilege of not believing. There's a few theories about why people become atheists in in large numbers. Some demographers uh, attribute it to financial security, which would explain why European countries with a stronger social safety net are more secular than the United States. Where poverty is more common in a medical emergency can bankrupt even the uninsured. So it's telling you that you got money, you're less likely to depend upon God. It's it's proven, amen, right there. Atheism is also tied to education. This is their article. Measured by academic achievement and and general knowledge of, of the panoply of beliefs or the many beliefs around the world, amen, is showing where they are being tied to. You know, there was two spirits that marveled Jesus. There was one a spirit of unbelief and the other was a spirit of faith. There's two spirits that operate in the lives of human beings all the time until you decide and make up your mind that you're gonna believe the word of God regardless of circumstances, regardless of what's around you, whether your friend's leaving you, you're not gonna move, you're not gonna move away from it. But until you come to that moment, you're wavering between two opinions. You're wavering between belief and unbelief and faith. As a matter of fact, as a prophet in the Bible said, how long, Elijah said, how long will you halt between two opinions? How did they get there? Because they began to worship Baal instead of God. And they're brought to Mount Carmel. And he says, how long are you going to halt between two opinions? If Baal be God's servant, but if God be God, serve him. And I believe that's the way we ought to be. Amen. If God is God, let's serve him with all of our heart. And he has proved himself over and over and over to be God. It's actually a sin for us to disbelieve. With all that we have seen and our eyes have witnessed, it's a sin to disbelieve God in the hour that we live in. We can read about it in Mark 6 and verse 3. It says, they said, is this not the carpenter? Listen to the unbelief. Oh, but they're stating facts. But it's unbelief. Is is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon? Are Are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. And Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor but in his own country. And among his own kin and in his own house. And he could do there no He could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. I don't want that kind of testimony. I want to have a place where God can do mighty works. I want our church to be a place that God can do mighty works. I don't want to, as we heard Sunday, I don't want him coming through this building and looking to see if there's faith. Amen, and Brother Brandon would be preaching, and he'd bring it down to the discernment. You can hear him time after time as he begins to wait upon the angel of God. And he'd say, he's here, and he'd begin to pull out things out of people's life and begin to speak to him. And all of a sudden, he said, it looks like it's getting milky in here. He said, what is it? He said, it's faith. He said, faith is beginning to rise up in people, and they're casting down imaginations. This is what's happening. They're casting down imagination. There was a lot of imaginations that were going on. You can hear it. He said, some of you are thinking this is just, uh, just uh, what is it? Yeah, mental telepathy. Some of y'all just thinking this is a bunch of hocus pocus. He said, don't do that. Just Believe. Amen, and when belief starts taking place, God can then start working and God can do mighty acts. And God can heal cancer, why? Because faith struck a building. Faith struck a heart. God can heal alopecia, why? Faith struck a heart. I can, I will, I do believe. What was the Mariah doing? She was breaking down the stronghold of unbelief. Unbelief was trying to show her all the signs of her hair falling out and the impossibilities, doctors were saying, but she turned all of the unbelief down and she believed in a God who's more than faithful until the hair began to come out of her head. Amen, I'm looking at a bride that's gonna look away from all the unbelief and the naysaying and the impossibilities until they take a step into a new body. Why? Because they broke through the stronghold of unbelief. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Yeah, I wonder how many message churches God's come to and marveled. Matthew 8 and verse 8 says, The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou wouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servants shall be healed. What, what, what did he say? He went back to the Word. Speak the Word. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goes. And another come, and he cometh. And then my servant do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. Amen. He said unto them following, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. But Satan is always trying to block. He's always trying to build a stronghold. To keep God's promise from coming to pass. If he can get people to disbelieve, they are defeated. Amen. That's right. Amen. If, but if God can get people to believe, they can be victorious. Listen, you must refuse to accept the voice of unbelief. Because it's a loud voice in the age that we're living in. Unbelief is on every website. It's on every page. It's it's on everything all around us, on every billboard and every store. There's unbelief everywhere. And the voice of unbelief is getting louder and louder and louder. What is the voice trying to do? It's trying to drown out the voice of faith. It's trying to drown out the voice of God. Amen. If you have to refuse to accept the voice of unbelief and choose to believe, and put an expectation on a supernatural God. Did you hear that? you got to refuse to accept the voice of unbelief and say, Lord, I believe. And when you say, Lord, I believe, you put an expectation on a supernatural God that God is more than able, no matter what the circumstances. God can do it when I can't even see how to do it. God will break down through every wall. He'll break down through every truck, every kind of sin, whatever he's gotta do. I know some of you parents, the voice of unbelief is trying to whisper in your ear and tell you there's no hope for your child. There's no way he's gonna come back. There's no way she's gonna, she not went too far. That's the voice of unbelief. But we're gonna cast the voice of unbelief. And we're gonna say, Lord, I believe. And when you say, Lord, I believe, you're putting an expectation on a supernatural God that'll break the walls of doubt and fear and break through everything he's got to get to to get your lost daughter and son.
0: Hallelujah.
1: Come on, somebody. There's a people here that's gonna break through the stronghold of unbelief. Glory. Preach. Amen, it was unbelief to try to tell some of y'all that you'd never amount to nothing. Try to tell you'd never be anybody but a drunk or a druggie. Try to tell you'd never but all of a sudden you heard another voice. It was a voice of an eagle that said, no, that's not who you are. You never did belong in that old drug pile. You never did belong in that old sin world. That's not who you are. There's another voice calling you. It is a voice of resurrection. Hallelujah. That breaks through the stronghold. Hallelujah. Satan tried to put all kinds of stronghold around you, all kinds of thick walls of unbelief. Amen. Even in some of you that's been raised in this message, he tried to put strongholds of unbelief around you It says the message ain't for you. You might as well leave. It ain't for you. He's talking to somebody else. He's not talking to you. You got to turn down that voice of unbelief and say, that's not the voice I'm tuning into. But I heard another voice, just as Abraham heard a voice. I heard a voice, and that voice said, you are my son. That voice said, you are my daughter. That voice said, you are mine. I put you here for a purpose. Hallelujah, you think God allowed this one to come together and great granddaddies and grandmamas all the way down here and bring you and put some of you right and believing homes? Come on on an accident. Oh, no. no, he has a plan for you. He Maybe. has a purpose for you. But the devil is lying to some of you and saying that ain't for you. Come on. That's a voice of unbelief. Abraham was sitting at the door of his tent on a real hot day. Must have been Louisiana. (laughs) Real hot day. Lots of complaints coming in lately by the herdsmen. Grass is gone. Land drying up. Cattle was becoming very thin. Water supply gone almost. They'd found a few water holes and they were getting low. And they dug, dug till they couldn't find no more. Said it was a very dark day. He says, "We know by nature that it's darkest just before day." Yeah, that's right. that's right. And many times when we see this, this uh, disastrous things happening, especially as believers, we must bear this in mind: that Satan is trying to block a blessing. Come on now. <laughs> Satan's trying to block a blessing. Well, yeah. Amen. It's very much the case. So in this case, Satan was trying to tip them, tempt them to feel they had done wrong. Uh-huh. Did you hear that? Unbelief was whispered in Abraham's ear. Yeah. You've done wrong. That's why you're having all the, the trouble you're having. That's why you don't have no grass. That's why you don't have no money in the bank. That's why your job's falling apart because you've done wrong. Yeah, He's trying to tempt them with unbelief that they had done wrong. He was trying to block the oncoming visitation that God was going to give Abraham and Sarah. Hello, somebody. Don't you know how it is on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday? Things get all in a stir, and it's a very hot day. Maybe not temperature-wise, but maybe temper-wise. That's right. That's right. Talk to us. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We got one honest heart in here. Come on rest of us, uh, us Christians have been along a long while. We don't, we, we, you know, we don't like to admit to those kind of days, but it's a hot day sometimes. You got things going, things went wrong at work, things went. Hey, what is it? God, God is trying to let you know Satan's trying to block a blessing. That's right. So he's trying to whisper every kind of unbelief. Why don't you just stay home tonight? You'd be better off just streaming. Why, why don't you just stay home and just enjoy the couch and, and we can fix a good old glass of tea and we just have us a good old unbelief trying to come in your life. Yes, that's right. come on. Knowing that the word of God says to get to church.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Come on, for the sake not the assembling of yourself together amen yeah. we, we, we've had to use streaming a whole lot more than normal but that's not really what it's intended for amen uh, if you're healthy and ready and, and, and you're willing to go to church or have something in your heart you ought to be in church amen Amen. But Satan comes and he tries to say, well, you just had too bad a day. You ought not go. You're going to be a distraction. You're not going to be. But what he's trying to distract you from getting a blessing. He's trying to distract you from receiving something from God. Do you realize some of those services that you could have been in might have been the time that God had dropped in the faith. God had dropped in the power. And God had dropped in the service that are the thing that you've been dealing with from years could have just vanished. I read this. I've had this in my I hadn't preached for here for a little bit so I've been working on this but I re re-read this yesterday he said Satan is trying to tempt you to feel you've done wrong uh-huh. trying to block an oncoming visitation that God was going to give Abraham and Sarah he said and we're taught in the scriptures that all things work together for good to them that love God And no matter how bad it seems, remember, it has to be working for your good. Oh, he said, I'm so glad of that. He said, Satan's been after me all day. I just believe there's a blessing in store here today somewhere. I know when he tempts me and he tries to block it out, what's he trying to do? Get you to disbelieve. The worst thing you can do is disbelieve God, and as soon as you get a little scared, well, maybe I haven't done this or I haven't done that, I've done something wrong, Satan's got that blessing conquered right then. You can't get to it as long as Satan makes you think like that. But it's time you begin to think differently. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. Amen. I can look in the Old Testament and I can see where Abraham sinned. I can see his wrongs. I can see his mistakes on the blood of bulls and goats but under the new covenant the blood of Jesus Christ as Brother Philip sung about. The cross that I'm clinging to. It was a different kind of blood. It so rewrote Abraham's life that you can read there after that new covenant and it says he staggered not at the promises of God but was strong in the Faith, giving praise to God. And we are under the same covenant. God, what you, some of you need to realize, it ain't a bunch of wowsy, wowsy woos and so feeling defeated all the time. Lift up your head and realize you got a sacrifice. And it's not the blood of bulls and goats. It's the sacrifice of the perfect Lamb of God. And he struck away all your debts. It struck away everything that was against you and it said you could go free. Amen. So cast down that old wowsy, wowsy, woo spirit and say, I'm not gonna bow to you no more. Cast down that, boy, that feeling of unworthiness and impossibility and say, I'm not gonna do that no more. I am a son of God. That's nothing but unbelief trying to come into your heart. He's trying to tell some of your girls, you ain't worthy, yet you're pure as a lily. He's trying to tell you it's impossible for you to make it, but you've already been there, seen there. Woo, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God in the highest. Amen. But as long as Satan makes you think like that, You'll never receive nothing from God. He said, Perhaps if we would listen to such things of temptations like that and pay attention to them, it would be that we would miss the blessing. He said, It's on my mind now to tell this particular case how I was trying to find a place to pray. He said, God led me into the wilderness way down in southern Indiana where a little girl was laying on a bed of affliction, tuberculosis. So she had not raised her head from the pillow for nine years and eight months. She belonged to a church that did not believe in divine healing. I'm going to tell you, if you're listening tonight and you're in a church that don't believe in divine healing, get out. Because That's right. That's right. that ain't the word of God. That's right. His word don't change your dogmas and your own church ideas may change but god's word don't change Hallelujah. so if you're following when you're when you're following a church like that you're following man and you're some way off somewhere going straight to hell That's right. That's right. because god don't deny his word but, but unbelief had tried to, ca- ca- to camp out even in this girl's family in her daddy in the church he was a deacon in the church and his her mama, you know, just t- totally ate up with unbelief to where they, they, did, they, didn't, even, they didn't even think God could even, even do anything anymore. And didn't even want Brother Branham to even come around because they thought he was giving her false hope. Yep. Tell me, what, how is getting healed false hope? How has somebody gotten such a condition or a position or place in their life that they believe, they believe healing is a false hope? When it's the word of God. Right. Amen. See, I said I, I'd been taken over, he said, i taken over a circuit, Milltown Baptist Church. Me and Brother Joe and bro, Brother Aaron had the privilege of going and being at this little town and looking over this place. And the Lord had he said, I'd been going there preaching a revival, and the Lord had been doing some great things. And they sent me to pray for this little girl. She was about 17 years old, very critical condition. Her name was Georgie Carter. And the good brother who had taken me over there, her her father, though, was a deacon in this church, did not believe in divine healing, made a statement, if any of the members went up to the Baptist church while I was praying for for the sick, it would be excommunicated from the church. I would be on my way. But her father, being a deacon, it kind of put him in an awful place. But he said, "I, I went to see the little girl, and her mother went out of the room, and her father left the house, and they wouldn't have nothing to do with it. But that little girl had read a book that I would written called Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when I went into her room, she could not even raise her hands to hold her cup to spit in what she had coughed. She weighed maybe 35, 40 pounds, looked like her little legs, just way thinner than the Florence Nightingale's in the picture that was healed of cancer. And I prayed for her and she asked me if she was gonna be able to walk and I said, sister, the angel of the Lord had spoke to me and told me to go up in that country, hunt that little girl up, but I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And after the revival was going on for two weeks and was coming down to the end of it, he said he, he was out baptizing 150 people nearly in the water there at Totten's Ford and and said, I, I went to dinner afterwards with some friends, an old friend of mine by the name of George Wright, and said, some, Something began to press on me. He said, Go into the wilderness and pray. And I just couldn't get it off my mind. And he said, You know, when anything presses you like that, you go do it. Because it's the Holy Spirit. Because the devil ain't going to tell you, go pray. Amen. Amen. But see, watch now. When he tells you something, there's going to be something rise up to try to block it. Amen. All right. All right. Amen. I remember last year as, as Brother Ron would feel the, feel the need as he, as he showed up on a Wednesday night. Surprised a lot of you with Brother Andrew. Amen. But he was preaching that, that couple Sundays or so before and just felt the need. I've got to, go to got to go to Louisiana 17 hours to be prayed for. It was something pushing him. A devil ain't going to tell you to do that. Amen. And, and, and he said, I've got to get there. And, 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 and on the next, that was Sunday. And after that, I, I called him. Just, just a week of my mom's major brain bleed. On Monday as I was traveling up into Oklahoma, I called him and was talking to him about that and, and making plans. And he said, you know, at the very end of the conversation, he said, now watch. He said, when God's fixing to do something, Satan always tries to stop it. And it was just a few days later, my mom's laying in the hospital in an impossible situation uh, with a brain bleed and it seemed like impossible to ever be back to normal, have normal functions. But Satan tried to stop it, but he missed. Satan will try, but that don't mean he succeeds. The gates of hell will be against it, but it will not prevail. Hallelujah. It shows that the gates of hell is going to be against you, but it won't prevail. That demons of sickness is going to be against you, but it won't prevail. Amen. Amen. Demons of sin are coming, and doubts and unbelief will try to come against you, but it won't prevail. Glory. So he started pushing into the woods to go pray. So Mr. Wright had told him to go. He said, I got a dinner bell I'll ring when it's time for supper. He said, okay. So the service was about to close. Went up the hill and started to kneel down. So all of a sudden, green briars started cutting me. Moved over a little and so rough on the ground, rocks, I couldn't get comfortable. Went around the other side of the hill, leaning too much sideways. You know, the devil was trying to keep you from getting the blessing. That's all it was. When I climbed up a little further in the thicket, I knelt down, mosquitoes were humming around my ears. I couldn't hardly play. Pray, I believed then, it was the devil. Hello. Amen. Sometimes you don't realize, sometimes when a blessing's on the way, and all of a sudden you feel the urge to get up and go outside. Come on now. You feel the urge to move and fidget and this, that, and the other and be distracted and thinking about It's the devil. He said, I said, Oh Lord God, be merciful. When I realized what was going on, I said, Oh Lord God, be merciful said, I threw up my hands and started praying anyhow and just let the mosquitoes fill up if they wanted to. You have to completely ignore them. That's what you got to do with the devil, ignore him. Amen. Turn, turn your ear off to him. He said, but there was something that was burning my heart. And after a while, I became lost in prayer. He said, I guess you Christians know what it means to be lost in prayer. Just forget about where you are. That's praying in the spirit, I believe. I opened my eyes and just to the side of a little dogwood bush was a light hanging there. And the light shining down to where I was at. He said, rise and go by the way of Carter's. Well, I looked around. It was almost dark by then. The bell had been ringing. They had sent search parties out me. He said, I jumped and run through the woods as quick as I could. He said, I jumped over a little strand of wire right into Brother Wright's arms. He said, Brother Billy, Mama's been ringing the bell for a while. We've hunted you everywhere. He said, I said, Brother Wright, no supper tonight. Georgie Carter's going to come out of that bed and live. He said, how do you know? The Lord just met me right up there by that dogwood bush and told me to go by the way of Carter's oh hallelujah he said do you believe god answers on both ends of the line while that is happening, the woman begins to pray about, it. go down and get, begins to kneel down and pray the mother of this girl and, and, and begins to pray for her daughter and begin to pray, you know, God, this man's in the country and he's stirring up a fuss and causing my daughter to get all out of sorts. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do about it. I, I, don't, I don't know what to what, what to say. It's just laying there dying and him coming around saying something, got her all crying and stewed up. And while she was praying, she said she seen a shadow cross the wall and she thought it was her daughter who lived a few doors below coming to see her in the house and when she looked up she said it was a shadow of Jesus on the wall and he said who's this and pointed his finger this way like a vision seeing my high forehead coming in packing a Bible over my heart she jumped up to run to tell her daughter and about that time I come to the room God moving away the unbelief God breaking the stronghold that tried to encamp a brown Georgie Carter but Georgie Carter began to believe and began to pray and it seemed to be impossible her daddy her mom went to a church that didn't believe her daddy didn't believe her mama didn't believe but she read something and she had heard the word of God and she said Lord I believe and she began to call upon the name of God and the angels of God heard that little girl's prayer and her voice actually went in through the, amen, all the way into the other realms until Brother Branham was down there in a whole different place. And he heard a cry, bah, bye A lamb that was tied up in Milltown. Milltown. And that's what even led him here. What can happen for us If we break through the veil of unbelief, the stronghold of unbelief. As we've been hearing, when faith comes into your heart, it assembles angels on your behalf. And here she is in this terrible condition. He walks in. Said, so she seen where her she had rubbed the paint of that little poster bed with her little hands back there crying and crying and praying. Said so before I even knew what I was going to say, out in my voice said, Georgie, Jesus Christ makes you whole. Stand up on your feet. I said, I don't even know why I said it myself. I wouldn't have said it for nothing because of how this little girl gonna stand up with peg little legs like that, not even seem like enough strength to even hold a spit cup. You might ask her mother and she'll give you a doctor's statement. But, but you know, how, how is it gonna do? I don't know. All I can say, is there anything too hard for the Lord? And when that girl heard that, she jumped out of that bed with those little sticks of legs she was standing on. And I I turned so filled with the Holy Spirit and walked out of the door. In a few minutes, her mother fainted, screaming. People began to run everywhere. She ran out into the yard and was blessing the grass and the leaves and trees. First time she'd seen them in nine years and eight months. And people were working on her mother because they thought she had passed away. But that's what happened when a little girl began to strike faith. Pierce through the stronghold of unbelief that was encamped around her. And look beyond the voices of unbelief. Even her own mama, her own daddy saying it ain't possible. It's impossible. You can't do it. There's no way. God don't do that no more. But she said, I believe. And it struck the heart of God. What did? Faith. And faith brought the answer. I was speaking about Georgie Carter one time up at a meeting with Brother Joe. And the sister came to me afterwards. She said, you want to see Sister Georgie? She's passed on now. But I was a sitter for her in her elder years. I said, well, sure. I'd love to see her. She turned over a little uh, album she had. And there was Sister Georgie sitting in her little house there. And I was looking at it. And I was looking at this picture. And behind, I looked in, into the picture, as it were, and on, behind her on the wall was a little, looked like a little 12 by 12 maybe plaque. It looked like some hand-stitched uh, uh, embroidery. I forget what to exactly call it, but she had stitched it in there. She said, I believe in the power of a living God. I wonder how many tonight can put that over your bed and say, I believe in the power of a living God. They wanna ask where is God dead or who's God? I believe in the power of a living God. You say, well, that was 50, 60, 70 years ago. God is not just a God of 50, 60, 70 years ago. He's a God of today. I believe in the power of a living God. We have witnesses in this hallway, this place right here that God done things for just like he did for Georgie Carter. Amen. They healed their body of impossible diseases and impossible things. And the word of God began to speak and said, "Mary, your enemy is dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe our attitude ought to be more than a man. More than I don't know, our attitude would be, yes, Lord, I've seen you do your work. I've seen, we have a privilege of seeing what we're seeing. Oh, hallelujah. Amen, they, they, they have that little film they've been putting out, The Chosen, and Peter, Peter made that statement in there. He says, ain't it amazing that we get to see what we're seeing or something along that lines? That's right. I thought, boy, ain't that the truth? Here we are at the second coming of Christ and we have been chosen to see what we're seeing. We have been chosen to see, amen, darkness coming in and uh, they seem like an impossible force. It seems like it's a great force gonna flood over everything. But when the enemy comes in like a flood, I'll raise a standard up. Amen, when darkness and unbelief flowing in, there's the flag of faith still shining and says, he's still a God. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I've seen him work, I've seen him live, I've seen him breathe, I've seen God in the flesh. Hallelujah, there's the faith fly fly, the flag of faith flying. And it's saying he's still the same, yesterday, today, and forever. It's still saying he's the Lord God that heals all our, woo, don't you feel the wind blowing? He's still the Lord God that heals all our diseases. There's still the flag of faith saying the promise is unto you and your children. I believe it, he said it, I believe it. And I'm gonna break through every barrier of unbelief. I'm gonna break through every barrier of doubt. I'm gonna break through every barrier of sickness and sin and diseases. These strongholds will come down. sin stronghold is coming down. this is falling at our feet. Unbelief is coming down. Oh, why don't you praise the name of Jesus? Why don't you lift your voice to a living God? Come on, Georgie Carter, stand to your feet. You've been bound down for nine years with depression and anxiety, it's enough of that devil. Cast that unbelief down. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Satan is trying to block it, but he ain't gonna do it. Satan is trying to block a rapture, but it ain't gonna happen. Satan is trying to block healing, but it ain't gonna happen. He's trying to block the prodigals from coming home, but there's prophecy that's been spoken over their life and they don't have a choice. I'll say it again, they don't have a choice. This word is spoke. It's called predestination. Hallelujah, you can stay standing, we're almost done. Whoa! Oh, praise the Lord. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? No. Is there anything that God can't do? I ask no. you even in life, is there any sin too hard? No. Is there any sickness too hard? No. It was the queen of Belteshazzar said to the king that night, there is a man in your kingdom that's the dissolver of doubts. And the Holy Ghost tonight is the dissolver of doubts. Oh, now the dissolver of doubts. The blood of Christ takes away each stain. The very stain of doubt. There's not a greater sin in the world than unbelief, he says. For he that believeth not is condemned already. Amen. He that believeth not is condemned. There's only one sin. That's unbelief. But the blood of Jesus can take away that stain. It can break that doubt out of your life. That's held you bound. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. And then all of a sudden what happens? Faith begins to move. It begins to move freely in your life. And then you can believe for all things are possible. Then you can believe for the things of God in your own life, not just in somebody else's, but in your life. Right. Then you young people, you young girls can say, yes, this message is for me. Hallelujah. I heard the voice for myself, not just my daddy, not just my mama, but I heard him. Yes. Amen. Yeah. And when faith begins to move, devils are on the move. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's let faith come in the building. We have plenty of times that unbelief guarded and hold it. But tonight, let's invite faith into the building. The devils are on the move. For Jesus Christ is the chief captain. In my name, they shall cast out devils. How are we going to cast out devils tonight? Faith. Say, devil, you're getting out of here in the name of Jesus. I put up for you long enough hallelujah oh they might have failed to get it 40 years ago but we're coming into it now possessing the land the same pillar of fire the same chief captain is leading the host of the Lord it's your land God promised to prosper you in the hell he gave you that body it's yours by possession and the devil is trying to take it over but he don't have authority to do it Oh, glory to God, and He is now trembling.
3: Yes,
1: Ooh, I love services that make the devil tremble. Makes him turn in fear and anxiety. Give him an anxiety attack. Let's give him the greatest anxiety attack he's ever got tonight, because people are believing all things are possible. He's trying to take over, but he don't have authority. He is trembling right now because now, hallelujah, the great world of God's power is in the building. He's not 2,000 miles away from here. He's even here right now to meet your needs. Hallelujah. Oh, what if they... If they only had faith, his heart's about gone. It's melting in him already. You've been thinking the devil's getting stronger and he's getting stronger. No, he knows he's only got a little short time left. He knows his destruction's on the road. He knows his last days are here. Oh, can I rejoice in that just a little bit more? It ain't last days for me. Last days, perilous times are come. It ain't my last days. I see drugs last days. Alcohol's last days. Sickness's last days. Anxiety's last days. Oh, praise the Lord. I see high blood pressures last days. I see skin diseases last days. I see hormone problems last days. I see it right here. His heart is melting. That spirit that has held you or has held you is melting. It's falling away. Just stay in faith. He's about gone. But now, what do you realize? Something else is going on. The host of the Lord is moving in. And no matter how high he has walled it, he may have walled it out of the sight of doctors. He may have walled it out of the sight of God. But he hasn't walled it out of the sight of God. He might be a great big bluff to medical science, but he can't bluff God. Whoa, he's moving in Don't be troubled Did you hear that saints of God Don't be troubled by these last days He's moving in He's coming in to take us out of here I believe the pillar of fire is with us tonight the captain of the host of the Lord, the sword is pulled. He may be afraid of that medical sign. He may not be afraid of it rather because they've never been able to. They're trying hard. They're they're trying to help it with get a cure for COVID, get a cure for this. He might not be afraid of, uh, of some medical sign, but the sword of Christ comes in the building. He'll never, say never. He'll never withstand that because that sword will chop every cancer loose maybe I gotta say that again that sword will drop every cancer loose that sword will raise up the blind and the afflicted he's doing it everywhere he's here tonight the great supernatural Lord the great I am the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end the land belongs to us the land is ours let's go take over it God promised it. It belongs to you. It's possession. It's your possession if you'll pull your sword and walk out on it and tear down the walls. Tear down the walls. Tear down the walls. Down the walls. How many here is to tear down walls? Musicians can come. Tear down the walls. Hallelujah. Take dominion over that devil. He's been having dominion over you long enough. Now it's time for you to take your stand. So you devil of anxiety, I've had enough. You devil of fear and oppression and fear and unworthiness, I've had enough. I'm turning out the unbelief and I'm speaking by faith. Won't you just lift your hands to him and praise him. It's your possession. Oh, my, you want possession? I remember the children of Israel walking around the walls of Jericho, been walled out. It was the key to the promised land, but God gave them the answer to the key. Oh, he's given to you tonight, church. Why don't you just lift your praises to him and begin to praise him. Begin to thank him for deliverances. Begin to thank him for your healing. Begin to thank him for coming in the building. Say, God, anoint my faith. Anoint me to raise up to another level, Lord. Anoint me to get up another step, Father. I want to go harder than I ever went, faster, more determination than ever before. I'm not satisfied just being a social Christian or or somebody sitting on the sidelines. I'm in a battlefield. This wall of unbelief will come down. We've been given the weapons. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Maybe you just remember where he brought you from and you want to praise him for that. Mercy. How all the unbelief and everything was walled around you and God knows the answer to that wall. He just comes and knocks it down. And says, come on out of there. That ain't who you are. I got something better for you. Hallelujah, children of God. He's got something better for you. He's even got something better for you that's been serving Him 20, 30 years. He's got more grapes in this land. He's got more joy. He's got more happiness. He's got more peace. He's got more and more and more. We're not running out. We're getting more and more and more. Amen, we're seeing more deliverances and more healings and more of God. Amen, listen, the enemy may seem to get greater, but all the time hell is turned loose, when that turns loose, all of heaven turns loose. So if you see hell being turned loose in the age that we're living in and darkness everywhere and more and more people disbelieving, that means more of God's being poured out. I say turn your cup up tonight. I say God fill me up. Fill me up. There's been some the devil's tried to tell you there ain't no more Holy Ghost for you. There ain't no closer walk for you. There ain't nothing more for you. That's a lie. That's unbelief. Cast that thing
3: down.
1: There's been some young people the devil's tried to tell you there ain't no Holy Ghost for you. That's a lie. Because it's in his word. Father, we love you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. if the devil's been telling you there is no holy ghost for you I'd defy that devil and walk up here right now and receive him Ooh. if that devil's trying to tell you there's no more there ain't no more closer walk for you I'd defy that devil if the devil's trying to tell you there's no more you anxiety know, anxiety's yours and that's all it's just your way you are I'd defy that devil he so, said, no, I ain't living that no way no more. I, I, I'm going to serve God. I, I'm going to cast down that voice of unbelief. I'm defying that devil tonight. Oh my! Don't you feel come in this place? Help! 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 You lying devil! Been trying to wall out our young people from the Holy Ghost. You're a liar. Telling them it ain't for them. You're a liar. Telling them there's no hope for them. You're a liar. Telling them to go commit suicide. You're a liar. Telling them there's no peace for them. You're a liar. Tell them there's no future for them. They're, you're a liar. And I cast you down in Jesus' name. And I rebuke you, Satan. You have no part with these here. And I ask the Holy Ghost to come into this place. Fill every heart here upon this place. Break out upon this audience of oh God break out upon our lives oh God while unbelief's been driven back let faith loosen the building Lord that all things are possible hallelujah 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 blessed be the name of the Lord oh just praise him church how about some of you Holy Ghost filled believers out there? You got somebody up here on your heart? Say, I want to pray for somebody till the Holy Ghost just falls upon their life and changes them. Won't you just gather around, begin to call out on God? And we ain't come to play games. We come to have church. We come to be in the presence of God. We come to see deliverances take place. We come to see the devil defeated. We come to see lives restored. We, we come to see God put back into, into the proper place in lives of young people, men and women, whoever it is. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what I'm believing for. I'm believing for the same outpouring, amen, that fell on the day of Pentecost. Why can't that same Holy Ghost come in this building tonight and break out on every heart and every life and cast out sin and unbelief out of their lives and let the Holy Ghost reign. Oh, hallelujah. If you stay back there, won't you just bow your heads and just begin to pray. Say, God, I'm just casting out all unbelief right now. I'm laying it all aside. I'm tuning in to the presence of Almighty God. Amen. Just gather around. We'll pray for them all. Just kind of. Everybody praying together, believing. Hearts here together. Fear and anxiety tries to take hold in lives. Fear tries to come and give an uncertain future. But Lord, we denounce that fear tonight and we call for the God of faith to come into our heart and life to cleanse us, Lord, to wash us, to fill us with your Holy Ghost. I ask God the Holy Ghost to follow over every young person here tonight. Over every heart in this building, Lord. May there be a renewing, Lord, of the faith of God, the Holy Spirit in lives. Break every spirit of darkness, I pray. Oh, he's quivering, he's trembling. We push back at that darkness. We push back at that unbelief. You unbelief that said that this child can't be God's, that he didn't belong to God. You're a liar. And we push back against you in the name of Jesus Christ. He is a son of God, and as a son of God, he has a right to the Holy Ghost. He has a right to the redemptive blessings of God. Let Satan take your dirty hands off of God's property. Jesus. Yes, Lord, for this heart here. Father, you brought our brother mine a mighty long ways. we just asking you to.
3: To mm-hmm. you.
2: Turn it away hey.